Great to have your company once again on the Marketplace, our special roundtable episode where we dive into each and every team. We're less than, or the best part of two months away from the start of NBL 24. The Blitz still to come in early September, but a lot of the rosters are now assembled and we're going to take a good look at them today. Andrew Gaze, Liam Santamaria, Simon Mitchell and Jack Heverin with you once again. I think it's appropriate here, Drewy, that we start with the Perth Wildcats and John really second season in charge of this group. There was a lot of angst with the Red Army mm. early in the season. They righted the ship towards the back end of the season and they've made some pretty interesting changes heading into NBL 24. Well, they have. And uh, I guess one of the biggest signings is Keanu Pinder, who had an outstanding uh, time with the Cairns Taipans. Uh, it, it, he went from a situation in the Adelaide 36ers where... Uh, I don't know if he had too many other options left there for him. And um, and based on some of his play, understandably why he didn't have too many options. But he's he found his way. He's become a high-profile player, a high-impact player, and he's one of the standouts. And, and of course, whenever, you start, whenever your starting point is Bryce Cotton, mm-hmm. you are starting from a very, very solid base. Mm. So... Uh, the Webster brothers coming back, uh, I think that's an interesting one for me to have them both back. Wasn't sure. I thought it worked out well, but it was kind of makeshift because of the timing of when they were able to get together. Aquera, who uh, has been showing great signs, his development and where he at. Big guy, very good athlete, and his, uh, his shot is, is developing. So there is... To me, the Perth Wildcats, uh, again, put themselves in a situation where they are a championship contender. And there's, it's, it's good, right? One through 12, you, they've got players there that you, you can find upside in, that you, you can see how the, they can be solid contributors. And there may be more to come uh, with, a, with a couple of other pieces as well. So it, they are... A really good team. I like what they've done in the offseason. It remains to be seen if uh, John really can get them all on the same page and get them working together. These are the rosters as they stand today Mm. at time of recording. Liam, we are hearing that there's still a little bit of shopping going on from Danny Mills, potentially at a couple of spots. Yeah, well, they're still in the market for a couple of imports. So a couple of guys, they're going to play big minutes, play important roles within this team. So there's maybe a little bit that's similar to Adelaide for me with this group, where it's a bit hard to fully evaluate what this team is going to be. Whether I would put them in that championship kind of contender type category, yet I feel like I can't well, go it, there. It, hang on, if the rumours, which we don't Ooh, know, hold on, hang on, hang on, we don't know the rumours. Okay, no, I'm just hearing. I'm just what other people are saying. Oh, who are they saying? Well, if Duop Reith steps oh, into this team, so what? whoa, big name! I beg yours. Well, that's that's what I've heard. Now, if he <laughs> steps into this team, that's now how you work in with Pinder. You know, there's some coaching issues you've got to address. Good issues to have, Drew. <laughs> but they're, they're, they're nice issues to have. Wow. So, have so, you got another one? Oh, well, no, not 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 none that I don't want to embarrass myself, but. <laughs> <laughs> but you hear little bits and pieces about wow. Duop Reith. Now listen, if Duop Reith comes in, now we can start to talk about those sorts of things because he would be an outstanding signing. But as the roster sits right mm. now, a starting small forward, a starting power forward are still to come into the mix. Is Brady Manning? Have they made a decision? Is he at hundred percent out? He's signed. He's signed. He's yeah. not 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 coming back. Not coming back. Do you mm. you to miss him? I, I think that he was a player that had issues at one end of the floor that you can almost not turn a blind eye to, but you can 
find ways to try and camouflage those issues because what he could do at the other end of the floor. And in our league, positionally, what he can do, the way he can shoot the ball, uh, I thought he was one that would be worth persevering with. See, the Wildcats last season were first in the league in offensive efficiency and dead last defensively. And he was a big part and of it. And he was a big part of it. And I don't think as a, as a high minutes, big role import, you can bring in a guy that's like a pick-on guy. A guy that in the locker room pre-game down for the away team, mm. they're saying, listen, you go at him every time you get a chance. Depends on what sort of backup you got behind him, though. Well, you, true. You can camouflage some people if you've got the right pieces true. around and, and And maybe in Keanu with Alex Saar and his rim protection off the bench, you've got some of that. I think they're going to be better. Like Simon was saying with Adelaide, I think the move of Robert Franks leaving is better for them long term. I think the same exists here with Brady Manick leaving the Wildcats. Um, and then the other part for me is Keanu Pinder, who was an MVP candidate last year before he got injured, all league, back-to-back -back most improved player, really excelled with Adam Ford. He just unlocked mm. the potential for Keanu Pinder. What does that look like elsewhere? Mm. It doesn't always go well. You know, I look, I think back to a guy like Todd Blanchfield who was blowing up at Townsville mm. under Sean Dennis. It was all looking fantastic. He made a move. He took some cash. He went and played with you guys in Melbourne United. He sat in a corner and it wasn't quite as good. And there's other examples. Now, sometimes a guy just keeps going up. Let's see if that happens here with Keanu Pinder. What do you think, Simon? Yeah, I agree with Liam there. Oh. Jeez, do what Reese a big name. I don't know if those rumors are of any repute, but that is <laughs> oh, that is. I'd put them from people that I wouldn't say. Was this at two in the morning? Level. Huh? Is this out the front of a kebab stand at two in the morning? <laughs> no, not that bad. Okay, Joe, not that Joe bad. Joe Connolly, but not highly advanced from there though. Okay, I would say. so <laughs> oh, no offense. That's to where the they people. started, and they drifted down to a nine a.m. coffee. Well, the, 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 if if they get it wrong, they'll go into that category. Okay. If they get it wrong, <laughs> but real passing so, the buck sort of style going yeah. on here. Just no, but that's that's something that I'd heard, and I thought, geez, that would be an unbelievable get. Mm. Yeah. If Keanu Pinder got injured between now and the start of the season, oh, geez, don't say it. Have they got enough depth at the four and five spot? They've got a lot of depth, but no, I, their rebounding outside of Pinder is atrocious right now. Like they were the worst rebounding team um, amongst the playoff teams last year. Mm. They needed to fix that. I don't know on what they've got right now with Wagstaff, Harris, Aquera at the four. Um, Liam intimated there may be an import four coming in. I think they need more help on the boards um, from what I see. You know, we're not going to ask a, a young fella in, in Saar to come in and say, go sweep the you know sweep the boards. That's going to be too much. It's going to be a lot of responsibility on uh, Pinder. And if you're saying he's not going to be there, then, geez, I don't know where that's coming from because right now I look at it, it's very similar in the makeup to last year, minus some rebounding. Uh, and it was already a place where I think they needed to improve. Mm. Yeah, th those those pieces, whether they're imports or boomers or types of things like this, we don't know. But those but we pieces, do know that those characteristics are being sought for sure, and so, so they should so, be and, because and they if, need to get better defensively. Mm. They need to get better on the boards. So those two pieces, I think, are going to be massive for this group. Which is where I agree with Liam as well with the Brady Manic. You move on from him and go get someone who's more proficient mm. in those areas of the game, which maybe aren't quite where he. Uh, it's paid for. Mm. Just one on the on the Websters, and we're not being critical of Perth here. We're, we're just observing their, their depth chart as it stands right at this very moment. Um, there has been some criticism in the past that perhaps the ball doesn't move around as much 
when Corey and Ty are on the same team? Is it, A, is that fair? And B, can that happen in a team that's got Bryce Cotton? Well, Bryce Cotton needs to see the ball. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And um, I thought Corey Webster was really good for the Wildcats yeah. last season. When they made their surge, it was on the back of him yeah. finding a little form, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was on the back of the breakers, putting some uh, billboards up and then really firing Corey Webster up. And, and he went from strength to strength. Ty Webster came in mid-season. It was like stepping onto a moving treadmill. That's always hard to yeah. do. So I think he's a high-level guy. And I, I'm here for it. If you can get a, a local... At that type of level, especially at the point guard spot, who you feel like can perform at an international type of level like Ty Webster can, then I'm here for you kind of banking that in. So I'm comfortable with it. Ty Webster at the one, Bryce Cotton at the two. Let's see what that three and four pans out to be. Like well, Luke Travers probably going to should be mentioned at this stage, just that he will be missed. Um, and another name that I'm going to throw out there, and we're going to, I mean, this is a throwback to the past now. Like, this is no longer your mother's Perth Wildcats. <laughs> Mitch Norton has exited the building. Mm -hmm. Luke Travers has exited the building. There, there's Outside of Bryce, there's no connection to the championship era. Jesse, um, Jesse, Jesse says hello. Oh, well, yeah, no, Jesse, I'm sorry. Yeah, but he's probably at the, the he, back end of a career. He's won six of them. Yeah, no, he's just snuck a few in there. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I think Mitch Norton. He helped you out with the greatest layup miss in the history well, of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that one? That's all right. I'm sure Jesse doesn't want us talking <laughs> no. about that one. But uh, no, look, Mitch Norton, we saw in the, the playing game last year when he came to play and was given an opportunity um, and. and just how important he could be for that team. Um, the toughness, the the doggedness, um, which I think, you know, we may be referring to that we don't see a lot of. Um, and mm. I think he'll be missed. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to do wonderful things in his next team, but I, I think that Perth will miss him. Um, but I'm hearing wonderful things about the young Ben Henschel that maybe, yeah. just maybe, we might have a, a, a superstar of the uh, future on their roster. It's going to take a little while with Ben Henshaw. Oh, we'll we'll give him a little time. Yeah. I, <laughs> He's got six <laughs> weeks. Let him get his driver's <laughs> license, get out of school, all those things first. But Yeah, yeah. Um, they have traded in the Danny Mills era. They've traded toughness for talent. And as you say, like the Perth Wildcats have built their success over a long period of time on toughness. First and foremost, we are big, we're strong, we're going to push you around, we're going to dominate you on the glass. And, uh, it, you know, you're going to really feel it when you play against the Wildcats. This is a completely different style and approach, but they need to tap back into that a little bit with these next couple of signings. I think that's a very, very fair call. To the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, uh, Simon, you get to look from the outside now at the Phoenix. Rather than building this roster, you can sit here with us where it's nice and easy and we're never wrong. And you can tell us what you think of this Phoenix roster as it stands right now with the inclusion of Gary Brown, which has been announced uh, as we go to air today. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, the, the, the major stickling point, I think, for most people is just going to be Ryan Brockoff and his absence from the team. and. And how that affects it. We've seen over the last couple of years in his absence that the team struggled. Um, and when he was on the floor, the team was, you know, bordering on elite. So it's uh, it's going to be a huge loss. How do they replace him? Well, I don't think they can. Um, you know, they've, they've obviously gone with Matt Kenyon, um, who's coming to the team. And, you know, hoping, hoping he can stay healthy. He'll bring a different dimension. Yep. So his defensive uh, tenacity, um, he's just, you know, roll the sleeves up. Uh, way of playing the game. 
there's something that I think this team can really benefit from. Um, so, but geez, a lot's riding on this next import signing at the shooting guard spot. Who's going to have to shoot the ball very well. Um, because we were, and I say we as in that from last season, we Southeast Melbourne Phoenix were not a good shooting team last year. We had to redirect how we went about things, um, during the course of preseason. And I mean, it was really hard to sort of tell because we were wielding a, you know, we're probably playing four starters down for most of pre-season. But we got an inkling that we weren't going to be the greatest shooting team and became more of a post-up team um, and a more of a slashing team and trying to get to the line. Now, we're able to still tick the ticket over at the offensive end, even though we changed the way we played. But looking at this team, you've got Creaky and Williams, who, not, you know, they need a bit of space to play in. Right now, there's not a lot of space being provided for some of those players. So this shooting guard that they've got to bring in needs to be shooting the ball well. If you were still there, working with Tommy over the course of this offseason, would you have brought back Gary Brown? I think it depends on the market. Um, you know, like he's been signed now, which makes me think that maybe there was a little shopping going on. Um, so, yeah, I think it all comes down to what your spend is, how much you've got to put into that position, and who are available. What I do like about Gary Brown is that he had his worst shooting season of his career last year. And I say that I do like it from the sense that yeah. it's more of the, uh, geez, you'd expect better. He, he provided there. better with uh, in, in Puerto Rico this offseason. Mm -hmm. He's got a history of being better from behind the arc um, and from deep in uh, in Europe. And I don't, I think you'll see a better, a better player in year two and hopefully a healthy player in year two. Creek, Williams, Vague, Gak, and then the DPs wrapping Rossetto. Like they're, they're big. That's, that's certainly they if you look at the four and the five spot, mm -hmm. Drewy, they're not going to want for much there, are they? No, that's right. I, I think the, 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 the this next guy needs to be really, really good. If this next guy that signed this next import is a solid player, they're going to need more than a solid player. Uh, I think Gary Brown is a really good player, mm -hmm. but... Um, if you were asking me the same question as Simon, and maybe they did do this, I'm seeing if I can get something better first before. Now, no, I think he's really good and he knows the league and he has clearly from what you're saying, Simon, his history is he's better a shooter than what he demonstrated uh, throughout the course of last season. Mm. But, um, but yeah, I think with that said and saying, well, how are you going to be significantly better than what you were last season? Uh, it comes in, in that next guy. He's that Ryan Brockoff or, or better than what you need for there. Uh, Matt Kenyon, nice, really nice, good addition, but not that he, I don't know if he's going to move the dial as much as what they probably needed to, to do that. And if not for some really unfortunate injuries, now everyone can say that, that, that who knows what it could have been yeah. uh, with last season. Yeah, for sure. But Foxwell's been really good in the offseason. He had some big moments for you, Simon, last uh, season, but he's still a work in progress. Ben Eyre comes with a bit of experience playing for Sandringham in the NBL 1, taking 20, 25 shots a game and getting them up and playing well. And when he's given that license, but he's not going to have the same license in there. His role with this team is not going to be that. So how you incorporate uh, that into it. And Reese Vague, um, he can shoot it. We saw what he did playing with the Australian team mm -hmm. in a lot of those games. He comes in, stretch guy that's uh, out there, but you've just been in Japan. It's not the NBL. It's it's not that at all. So how he fits in 
this is another one you've got question marks around. But to me, the biggest issue is that I, you, I start to lose a little bit of confidence uh, if this next guy they sign is not genuine. <clears throat> is there a case that maybe we're a little over familiar with when you start returning players as well? Like we, Alan Williams was pretty darn good last year. Yeah. Right. Mitch, Mitch Creek's yeah. not, not a bad place. No, but is he gonna be, are they going to be much better? That's what I'm saying. I think Alan Williams possibly can be. Mm. Um, I think last year he maybe could have been in better shape coming into the season. He had mm. his issues with the referees early where he's finding himself in foul trouble. He solved that mystery by the end of the season. Mm. He became a more efficient player as the season went on, got himself to the free throw line, was finishing at the free throw line, wasn't doing that early in the year. Um, I'm feeling like... And, and with the addition of Gorjak Gak, you know now they've got a bit more athleticism up front. Mm. Um, you know he's a he's a he's a maybe not a a rim protector per se. Um, you'd like to think that he can do that, um, but certainly from an offensive standpoint, you can throw it to him upstairs and let him go get it. Mm. Um, so you know, they've brought a little bit of a different dimension there, which uh, should be exciting. Owen Foxwell, I think Brian Gorgian's uh, christened him for the Boomers team. Is that correct? A future Boomers team? I, th oh. I thought I read that something. Right? That, no, I think he. <laughs> I may have just uh, enhanced that a little bit, but <laughs> I think a few liberties. I think Brian. I think Brian Gorgian did say that he said that he has the potential. Wow. To be on a Boomers squad. Now I'm not sure which tournament that's for, <laughs> but uh, okay. but look, I'm I'm very high on Owen Foxwell. I mm. think the kid's got uh, some defensive capabilities that are special, and uh, I'm thinking. You know, with the, the moving on from Kyle Adam, we talked, Drew, we was talking about Ben Eyre. Well, he'll get his shots up because Kyle's shots won't be there this year. And I think Ben will come in and fill a similar role with a little bit of juice off the bench there. But Owen Foxwell's development, I think, is going to be key to this team as well. I mean, he can defend it on the ball at a very high, very, very high level. Off the ball is where he's got to make his, his, uh, his progression because he's still a young kid and he still makes young kid mistakes. But uh, very, very high on Foxwell, and he has had a wonderful season for the playoff mm. bound or the playoff contending mm. Alpha Wildcats. Uh, hey, keep an eye out too for his younger brother. Oh, yeah. against him oh, in, yeah. in the youth league. Playing for the mighty Sandringham Savers. That's right, and, and he's he's got a lot of upside as well. So Owen better be careful. He better keep improving <laughs> because the young brother is coming along. Christmas could be interesting in the backyard <laughs> at uh, the Foxwell family yeah. with a bit of one-on-one. -on -one. Just quickly before we move off the Phoenix, the big thing for these guys is a, a, a need to improve defensively. And we've talked about this, and Simon might get a bit hot under the collar if we go too deep <laughs> in the talk about the defense. But this group, since they've come into the mix, and there's been different reasons with injuries and the like, and you can really crunch those numbers, but they've generally been top four in the league in offensive efficiency and bottom four in the league or thereabouts defensively. And so when we talked about uh, Perth, in these last couple of years with their roster build, giving up some toughness for some talent. I feel like what they've tried to do here, particularly with the signing of Matt Kenyon, is the opposite. Is to say, we want that guy that other teams have had in their, their starting lineups over recent years. Sam McDaniel as a championship starter for Melbourne United. Wani Swakala Bullock as a championship starter for the Sydney Kings. A guy that, if he can knock down shots, that's going to be great but he's going to really bring some toughness and some grunt. Gorjok Gak, I think, is going to help in that regard as well. So you're right, that shooting guard spot's going to be important, but them improving defensively and Matt Kenyon and the role he's going to play in that regard, I think is 
going to be the barometer for how this team goes this season. To the Cairns Taipans and Adam Ford, who is the reigning coach of the year here in the Hungry Jacks NBL, uh, to borrow the title of a Coldplay song, this could be the adventure of a lifetime for the Taipans. <laughs> We've got no idea what this is going to look like. They are very young. They are very talented. Um, who wants to go first on the Taipans? <laughs> I can't follow up after a Coldplay <laughs> reference. I'll let someone else go. Well, I think Adam that's because you're a heavy metalhead. <laughs> Adam Ford is probably asking that question at the start of preseason because there's position battles left and right when you look at this depth chart. Who wants to go first? Who wants to win themselves a starting lineup spot? Because Taron Armstrong, Pat Miller oh. at the point guard Oof, spot, gee. those battles on a daily basis are going to be fun. Uh, to Jim McCall, Bull Quoll. Uh, Bobby Clintman is going to, I think, over the course of this season, say, hey, listen, like I'd like to play in that starting group. Maybe I'm on the floor with Sam Wardenberg and we go super big because, yeah, he's 6'10", Bobby Clintman, but he's a wing. He's a, he's, a, he's a small forward, power forward who likes to play face in the basket. And Sam Menenga, I think, is a guy a little bit like a Lachlan Albrick who is maybe a little... Uh, underknown and underappreciated by the general fan who's going to come in as a rookie and I think do some good things at this level. And there's another, I'm pretty sure there'll be another piece to come here. Maybe another, they've got a third import to sign and I suspect that'll be somewhere there in the front court. Maybe another big body to to, to pair with Sam Menenga and a Colter Gack at the five spot. Man, they've got a lot of fun pieces. They're going to be young, athletic, long, fast, and very fun to watch. Can you see a world where this is Taron Armstrong's opportunity at the point guard slot? Like it's a big yeah, responsibility on no, a young man. Can you see yeah. it? No, I think you will. I think he'll be the, the, the day one point guard. Having said that, Patrick Miller is an absolute bulldog. Um, he is going to give him no remorse at practice. There is absolutely going to be some clashes there. And Patrick Miller. You guys some, looked at him, right? Oh, yeah. We looked at him really closely for yeah. a couple of times. We looked at him back at Melbourne United days. Um, and uh, he was. we had a pretty good look at him maybe two years ago at Southeast. Now, the knock that we had on him at Southeast was he didn't shoot the three ball particularly well. He very much liked to shoot it off the dribble in long two situation, which wasn't the sexiest thing a coach likes. <laughs> However, <laughs> having said that, He's actually become a little bit more efficient from behind the arc the last two years and the last two seasons. So uh, look forward to seeing him pinging him from downtown because I, if, if he was the player he was two years ago, and he, mind you, he, he missed a season. And I can't remember exactly what the injury was, but he was out with a, a serious injury that missed, I think, close to 12 months. If you had a, had him and, and Tajim McCall in the backcourt, you'd be thinking, well, maybe this isn't the shooting that you need to compete in the NBL level. But he's improved upon that. You've got Jonah Antonio, who's a flamethrower. Uh, Tajir just can get himself to the rack and get himself to the line. Bull Quoll, um it's going to be a little expected of that man this year. Yeah. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to 40's annex on the sideline with this team because there's a lot to be excited about and there's going to be some fun had. Now... Will they be as successful as last year? Jeez, Pinder. They, we, we saw that they could play without him. Mm -hmm. With Wardenberg shifting to the five at times, we saw that that. But DJ Hogue is going to be a very big loss for this team. They're young, Drewy. Mm. How important is, for a young group, how important is the first four to six weeks of the season going to be, not only in terms of in establishing their brand and what they want to be, but just for momentum and that kind of that, that nourishment of winning a few games early on. 
Yeah, it's important whether you're young or old. I, I think that when you, you're stri- striving to stay competitive in this league, it, it's not easy. And I think what Adam Ford has done is put together a group which he, I, I, I guess his anticipation is to be able to mould into the way in which he wants to play, his style. So he's recruited around his method. Uh, whether there's enough shooting in there, if, if, if you're playing alongside Taron Armstrong and, and even Tajir McCall, Bullqual, his eyes should light up because he's just going to stand there, catch it and shoot it mm. um, because these guys can find you. I thought last season, Sam Wardenberg was one of my favorite players. Yeah. I, I, he was outstanding. I love, you know how you see a guy, you just go, geez, if I was, I'd love to have him on my team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's, he, if he continues to improve on what he did last season, a bit more responsibility, that energy, that grunt that he brings. And then it comes down to what you can get out of, some of these guys that you you, you mentioned, like uh, Jonah Antonio, can he come in and be that that microwave off the bench? Latin man, you know, played at Bendigo, played, in, saw a lot of him this season, got good upside, but he's got to go to another level. Whether or not Forty can get that with the system that he puts in place is going to be the big question. Uh, on paper, you look at this, and this is this is not going to be in your top four or five teams that you're going to pick. If you had a choice, <laughs> if if Simon is there as our, the, the recent coach and you on paper put all these teams up, which one do you want to – I don't know if these, they, this, this team's not in your top four or five Ooh. that you're going to pick. Okay. Gaze, slams, tie pants. No, not at all. <laughs> but the thing about it is is that there is upside. If you, if you look at this and you see Forty's record yes. and you see what he can get out of – the resources he has available, mm. absolutely. But if you're going in there looking for your best option, that's just the reality of it. Now, it might change with another superstar. As mm-hmm. another superstar comes in there, like you mentioned, I don't right think. Here. I think I don't think they're looking to bring in a superstar, right. but a bit of big, solid grunt guy up up. up some front. of those kids could do with some muscle around them. I think. Yeah. Um, mm. It's up front. You know, Clintman's uh, not a. Big body guy at all, right? He's six ten. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not gonna, a bully. He, no, yeah. he's not. Sam's not a big frame, but mm. he, you know, Meninga's a kid, and you know, Drewy was loving Davidson before, but he's done, a bit harsh on him now. <laughs> and, 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 and a colder gag is it comes a, and goes. You see. <laughs> no, a, well, a colder gag changes is, like the weather, really. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, no. I'm, I'm loving. Look, I'm I'm, loving. again, you know, there's an import to fit in here. Yeah, Drewy says Latmayan needs a little bit of time, maybe to ferment. I'm in agreement with that. Mm. Having watched yeah. a little bit of Bendigo this mm. year, um, and then with Bobby um, being the, the the backup at the four spot, I mean, can, yeah, I think they need a little bit of size both at that three and four slash five spot. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure where they go with those with that import. I reckon Bobby Clintman is a bit of a swing guy for this squad mm. because he. Now we've only just seen flashes of him at Wake Forest. I believe that you can't, you, you, you're trying to pump up. An oh, well, hold on, hold on. <laughs> just, let me just. Hey, all I say this: Did he reject Davidson in his on. office back in the no, car? Say this, come with there me. is no greater interest than self interest. <laughs> so no, just, we always got to or, put an asterisk next to it. Yeah. Anything that's got the NS well, next, <laughs> next to it. No, well, that and, is and, true. And, and Liam is talking. Just, so you've got him starting, I Liam. Is that I, what you're I telling us? I thought I might just have been able to dive in there under the radar, but it turns out that's not the case. <laughs> Come with me, though. Yeah, I'm with you. Because late in the season there in the ACC, mm. 
Clintman came in, played big minutes and did some really interesting things. And he was, he, he tested the waters in the uh, 2023 NBA draft, but he has the potential to be a lottery pick in 2024. Mm. He has that kind of upside. 6'10", can can do all kinds of things, can rip it off the defensive glass, push it in transition. Think a kind of a DJ Hogue type in that he's, you can play him at power forward, shoot it. but can really, he can do a bit mm -hmm. of everything. You don't mind slapping on a ball screen for him either and letting him operate out of that and find guys looking over the top. So a lineup that, that where you have a closing lineup where you have Wardenberg at the five, Clintman at the four, and then have some fun at those other three spots. If Bobby can come in and, uh, you know, get acclimated and really be his best self, he's going to be a really fun piece for Adam Ford. They might very well be the greatest unknown of NBL 24, the Cairns Taipans. We shall have to Tell wait you what, and if see. If I was at Vegas, I'd be signing up for the next stars after listening to <laughs> I need you as my agent. Let's I go. think you, you, you're far too good at this stuff. Let's go. Thanks for being with us once again on the Marketplace, our roundtable specials, our third and final episode. We'll take a look at the Brisbane Bullets, the New Zealand Breakers, who have landed a couple of big blows in the last couple of weeks, and Melbourne United and the return of Matthew Deliver Dover. Until next time, thanks for being with us on the Marketplace.